Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for our latest episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the unflappable Tanya Valdez, owner of Purity Spa and ONJ Modern Organics. In our conversation, Tanya shares her views on the importance of the gift of having and creating more time, trusting your gut, and putting your well-being ahead of all else. Tanya took a huge leap of faith in the midst of the last recession and purchased commercial real estate. Then she started Purity Spa in her tiny Southern Idaho town and has grown and intentionally shrunk her business over the years. She shares how she created her own skincare line because she saw a gap in the market and filled it. Her clients kept coming to her after their treatments, wanting solutions for when they had events to go to but didn't want to look like they just had facial treatments. Her story is remarkable, and I just know you're going to love listening. Oh, and you don't want to miss what she says about chocolate chip cookies. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Tanya and her amazing journey. Tanya, thank you for coming today. I'm so thrilled that you're joining me. And I like to start each episode with the same question because I feel like it kind of helps people know where you are in the world right now. Okay. Where in the world is Tanya Valdez? <laughs> well, physically right now, I'm in my living room in Southern Idaho, Trent Falls, Idaho. But I'm sure that's not the only thing that you're asking, right? Well, I like to so know do location. You want me to get a little more into... Okay. Location, yeah. Idaho, Southern Idaho, Twin Falls to be... Ex- which weirdly enough, is only 75 miles from Sun Valley, Idaho, you know, big ski resort, Sun Valley. And we can be more than 10 million planets apart as far as, you know, we might be in the, a very close proximity, but as far as ideology and how things function, I mean, we're, we're so far apart. So it's kind of fun to, to go up there and spend some time. Do you feel like you're going to another planet when you go to Sun Valley? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually, well, you're, we're from Seattle or, you know, Washington's like used to be home base. And so when we moved here as kids, you know, it was such a, a shock to our systems to be in the desert where we had come from an ocean environment and I always thought as I was growing up, oh my gosh, I'm going to go back there. I miss the trees. And I, I actually did miss the rain for a period of time. And then I, I went back to Seattle to do my training many, many years later as an esthetician. And the funny thing was, as I would drive to school in the morning, and it took me a couple of weeks to figure this out, I'd get to school and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so nauseated. What is wrong with me? Why, what is wrong with me? And as I think about it on my way home, getting nauseated again at the end of the day, finally it occurred to me, you know, it wind, there's a lot of windiness and up and down with the roads and, and then you can't see out. Like it's, you know, it's very blocked by the trees and they're so beautiful. But at the same time, I had become so accustomed to looking out at just, I can see everything. And I guess in its own way, I never thought thought of the desert and where we are as being so beautiful, but it does have its own type of beauty. So that was kind of a, a weird transition for me to put all of that together and then kind of miss, you know, having everything flat where you can see it <laughs> and you're just kind of going in a straight line. So it is a little bit different geographically, topographically, and definitely ideology, <laughs> totally, totally different. 
But I think after all, well, I would say the past four years, it's really nice to be in a smaller town, even though our town's grown. I do kind of enjoy that now. I like to get away, which we haven't been able to do much of for the obvious reasons, but it's kind of nice to be in this little, a much smaller environment. It's definitely, I think it's a little more conducive to, to being an entrepreneur with all the things that we have at our disposal now that we didn't have years ago, like doing this, you know? So it does make it a wholly different ballpark now. Yeah. Do you think living in a small town, was it a big risk? So tell us a little bit about your business. And do you think that it, it was, did you take a huge risk to start your spa in a tiny town? Yeah. I would say, yeah, because we, I did it when it was such a huge economic downturn. We bought our building and we have 11,500 square feet. So it's a big building. And it was so, it was sickeningly scary. So it was a huge risk because my thought was always, oh my God, how am I going to cover that overhead? You know, so I, I felt at times, you know, like I was like this little hamster on this wheel, just running, running, running to make sure that, you know, I had all my bases covered. And so it was a lot of risk. But then, I mean, for me personally, I always think about, I can always accept or deal with the things that, you know, maybe didn't work out and it was maybe considered a failure or it didn't go the way I wanted. But at some point, I'll kind of put that away and I'll like get that little golden nugget of whatever it was I was supposed to learn and move forward at some point, hopefully sooner as opposed to later. So I think that honestly, it's been so great to be able to do that here and learn and then grow and then move forward. But yeah, I'd rather do something and have it not work out, which thank God this did, than not do it and always kind of sit back and wonder. And I don't know that there's ever a great time. You know, like I said, I started really launching into, you know, I mean, expanding when things were in such a downturn. I don't know if there's a good time to start anything really because it's hard to perfect nothing, right? So you got to start it somewhere and move from there. So yeah, it's definitely been a learning experience constantly, always. Yeah. Stagnation. Yeah. For the entrepreneur, there's never any grass growing under our feet. Like there's always something new to explore or or there's mm-hmm. a challenge or, you know, you were saying yeah. that you started, you started up in the last economic downturn. So like 2008, 2009, somewhere mm-hmm. around then. Yeah. So one of the things that I advise my clients is yes, be, be aware of what's going on in the economy, but don't let that dictate because there's a lot mm-hmm. of money to be right. made. And there's a lot of service opportunities that crop up when right. the economy tanks. That's, I know that's a very privileged perspective, but it's the only way to get through sometimes is to be freakishly positive. Right. Well, I remember during the last downturn and, you know, I was still working in a relatively small building, but knew that we were taking on this, this huge uh, amount of debt by buying this very large building. And I was reading, oh gosh, it was like some blog post and these gals were talking about, well, they were cosmetologists and they were doing hair and they were talking about, you know, or there were moms writing in going, you know, I can't, I can't really go see my hair person. I can't go see my skin person. I'm just doing all this at home. And then they were sharing all these tips and, and that's great. But then I responded to them and I said, Hey, think about if you go every two weeks, maybe make it every four weeks or six weeks or whatever you need to do, because those people are also in the same boat that you're in. And if you want to see them when this starts turning around, then support them now. And I think we're kind of all experiencing, you know, a little bit of that as we've gone through the past several years, particularly, you know, in these shutdowns, that was a freakishly scary for us where we're a service-based industry because we're a spa. I mean, that's one aspect of what I do. And then the other aspect is, of course, having our skincare and our mineral makeup company where we're now expanding into body care and some more of the, the home goods because we're, like you said, you know, when you have those downturns, there is opportunity there, but I think you've got to be able to shift, you know? Yeah. And it is a shift. And it's, you know, I, I heard somebody say in these times, so at the time of recording, we're still 
in yeah. the midst of the coronavirus pandemic and right. many of us on some level of lockdown in our states or counties. Somebody was saying, you know, I'm tired of the word pivot. Pivot is so that horrible side of 2020. So we're like yeah. really tired of that word pivot. But where are we gonna where are we gonna shift, make small adjustments, mm-hmm. and where are we gonna double down? And one of the things yeah. that most of my clients and people in my mastermind groups have mm-hmm. doubled down on service. And mm-hmm. even if their income has dropped or right. or not, they're still yeah. focusing so much more on service. And I, I was just thinking about you know, if you're doing a facial, for example, yeah. you're you're definitely not three to six feet away from someone's right. face. Exactly. So when did you start the mineral makeup company and the body care? Was that something that came out of, did you see a need for it or did you get requests from clients? Oh How my did that start? Well, it was actually, it was kind of both, you know, the, the mother of invention is necessity, right? So when I started 800 years ago, because I think this is my <laughs> 17th year in aesthetics. <laughs> so when I started... I actually started out in Sun Valley, Idaho as an esthetician up there because I really knew that it's going to be a really high demanding clientele, meaning, you know, they're coming in from New York or LA or it's our regular clients that live there. So I knew that they would be, they would have a certain expectation of me and I wanted to make sure that I could meet that expectation. So going through that process, you know, I would do some heavy duty chemical pills to some of my clients explaining hey, you can't go home and put liquid makeup on because you could cause a secondary burn from some of the ingredients that are in those products. And of course, you know, they would acknowledge that before they would leave. And then a day later, I'd get a phone call. Oh my God, you've got to look at my skin. What happened? And I'd have them come in. I'd look at it. I'm like, and you can tell after you've done it for a, a period of time, you're like, so when you left here, what did you do? And then it's like, well, I had a party that I wasn't expecting. So I had to put a bunch of makeup on. I'm like, okay, well, you know, there it is. I gave you the information. And so what happened over time, we came to realize, you know, myself and the other esthetician I was working with, that's not going to work. You know, you have got to listen to what your client's saying, even if they don't know what they're telling you. And what they were telling us is... I want these more corrective treatments, but I still want to leave here and go do whatever I want to go do because I may not be here for a very extended period of time. Yeah, so they we don't were, want to go into hiding for four days after. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, we had to hear that from them or their like red scabby face was going to be our new business card. And that didn't seem very appealing so we started looking into mineral makeup, you know, Bare Minerals was really, really big at that time. And so we thought, oh, uh, yeah, let's jump on that that bandwagon. And I mean, that's got to be great. So we brought it in and we started using it right after these chemical pills like they told us we could do. And we had these clients like rashing out and breaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, what now? I mean, this is that trial and error stuff, you know, like we're trying to listen to our clients and do the right thing. And and now we've got as bad, if not worse, because we're actually telling these people put this on and endorsing it. So thankfully, part of my background is also political science and pre-law. So a lot of research, you know, I love to do research. So I really kind of started delving into those ingredients and going, oh my gosh, you know, what is causing this? And, and it was in doing that, that the realization finally, it was like a, that Oprah calls it the aha moment, the light bulb moment, you know, where you're like, oh, so bismuth oxychloride isn't good for your skin. And that's like that top ingredient. Why is that? You know, and so it's digging through all that information and going, well, oh, so what is out there? And, you know, we did go through a multitude of different companies just checking out their product. And really, I arrived at the conclusion, the people that are formulating that stuff, typically 90% of the time, 99% of the time, they have nothing to do with putting it on somebody's face and watching those end results. You know, they're just mass marketing a product. And so they're going to put a lot of cheap filler ingredient in there because, you know, that lowers, I mean, that's where you're going to get your bottom line, right? That's where you're going to really see that profit. And so I started formulating from a perspective of what is each and every single ingredient going to do for that skin? So it's really developed from that standpoint, you know, we want to protect it. We want to soothe it. We want to hydrate it. So we started out with, you know, seeing titanium dioxide, 
And then added in things like silk and bismuth oxychloride to combat like acne. And even though those ingredients are amazing and we have a plethora more of ingredients in there, again, just to work and condition that skin, all of that's for nothing if it doesn't look and it's got to feel amazing. So all of those considerations. So it took a good chunk of time and, you know, trying out formula after formula ingredients and then also percentages. You know, how does this all add up and work together until I finally got to that point where I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I love it. And then started trying it with my clients and they were loving it. So that's kind of how that, that came about. And at that same time, I was having the same experience with other skincare lines. So I kind of started dabbling in some of those ingredients and kind of working with some base things that I'm like, okay, well, if you combine these, how would that work together? So over time, starting from scratch like that, and then working with a science piece of it, because I hear quite frequently, and this always just kind of, ugh, this makes me feel so uncomfortable when I hear these stories about, oh, well, my sister got this really bad rash from this product. And so I went into my kitchen, I threw coconut oil to get, you know, those type of stories. Like it came from, uh, you know, that was their necessity. That was their need. And they're going to fill that little area, that niche, and they're doing it from their kitchen. And I'm like, oh my God, no, you can't <laughs> do that. I mean, I guess coconut oil, whatever, put it on your body, but please people keep it off your face. <laughs> so there's a lot more science to it. And I, even though I know the ingredients I want to work with, like to work with, I leave that to the, the science people that can actually take what I'm wanting and get those products developed so that we've got correct percentages. I personally cannot chirally correct an ingredient from my kitchen table. And it's actually a very simple process for them, but chirally correcting something simply means it's a Greek word and it's chiral just meaning it's a mirror image mm-hmm. and all those molecules that have the, and the right spin factors, you know, that group of higher professionals understand that on one molecule, you might want to retain the left spin factor, but on another molecule, it might be the right. So we leave that piece of it to the people that really understand that. And then we go back and forth with the samples and, and the rest of the bringing it to fruition. So you're saying so that that's science kind of my, is real? My, <laughs> is science real? Science is a thing. It is a thing and we like to, you know, work with it. <laughs> yes, we do. That's so incredible. I mean, Wild. it's so true what you say that necessity is the mother of invention. And I loved, I want to go back to what you said about listening to your clients because sometimes, you know, we'll have an idea and we're really excited about it and we want to run with it yeah. and we can't figure out why it's not working. And it's because we're not listening to our right. clients. So, I mean, you yeah. were able to create multiple product lines now out of conversations with, of course, looking at your client's skin after Mm -hmm. they put regular, you know, regular CVS makeup or whatever on their faces after a chemical peel. So how far are you in the process now of like distribution? Are you selling it mostly through your spa? Yeah, that's what we have been doing. And now we're just getting ready to expand into a few wholesale accounts. The one thing that I will... I don't know that I would ever be comfortable doing like, well, Amazon, no way. I mean, because the products that we have, you know, there's a, there's a really good reason that we are distributing them. So I would be uncomfortable just letting Susie Miller down the street, here, Susie, take these products and go out there and good luck with that. I mean, we don't have anything in there that's going to like really damage, but at the same time, I mean, when, when you're working with acids, if somebody's had like a round of Accutane, you know, you really don't want to do that. And Susie Miller's not going to really understand that necessarily. So at distribution level, we're starting to partner with doctor's offices and some other spas. We have our product up in Sun Valley with some gals up there. So yeah, we're doing kind of slower distribution just because I want to feel confident product in the hands of wrong, the wrong people, you know, that really don't want to invest in the education piece of it. It's really not going to do them any good. And it certainly isn't going to do us any good. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So you want so, to have yeah. control over quality, over yeah. even the education piece. I think that's really interesting too, because it's not yeah. like going into the drugstore and getting some Neutrogena or Noxema mm-hmm. or something and slapping mm-hmm. it on our faces. And you're talking about right. specifically formulated for particular issues with skin or for yeah. certain outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I hate to tell people this, but you know, lavender oil is not going to get rid of hyperpigmentation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those dark spots. I do love natural and we do formulate from an organic perspective but also we're not going to dummy down a product and not use an ingredient if it's not accessible to us in natural form, but you will never find those chemical irritants in our formulations. I mean, we don't do that. We're a larger part of an organic base. So the majority of our product is organic, but yet it's still very active and effective. Very cool. So where are you headed with all of this? Because I know when we were talking before, you were right. saying like down the road, you could see yourself moving away from yeah. the day-to-day of the spa and right. spending more time on the education side. So what, right. what is that? I mean, I think everything in 2020 is... Up for um, grabs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Up for grabs. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so because honestly... I think if there's one thing, particularly this past year has done for me as a business owner, entrepreneur, woman, it's really made me step back and go, okay, I've done aesthetics for so long and I loved it. And it's such a benefit to be able to see my client's skin changing. You know, every time I see them, I know what the results are because I work with it every single day and I see these people on a a continual basis. But as things, I feel like for me, when I start a project or have a business, there's a piece of me that wants to absolutely grab it and choke it and make it do whatever I want it to do. And it's going to go this one way. And then through time, what I've learned is there's an organic growth process. And it actually has occurred with me as a business owner. So for projects that I'll work on, whether it's development of a new product or a new process, I give it space to grow because it starts out as an infant. And as it matures, it can turn into something very different and more expansive. And I don't want to miss out on that. So giving a little more to you know the freedom of the process and still guiding and directing, but seeing where it's going to grow, I think that's been kind of the magical part of this past year. You know, Never in my life before have I ever live so much in present time, like today is today. I mean, it just is. And what I have today is what I'm going to be working with because how many times have we thought, I don't know if we're even going to be open tomorrow. Whoever thought we'd see that? Or when are we going to be able to reopen? Or are we going to get shut down again? I mean, so those thoughts kept reverberating through my mind. And I'm like, you know, taking that little bit of time off and being able to breathe, I'm like, oh my gosh. I am really enjoying this. And I actually, last year, I also think, you know, as entrepreneurs and maybe, I don't know if it's more geared towards women, but for me, I think, you know, there's that intuitive aspect of us. And that's why we really are, you know, we seek out our own thing because our own thing wouldn't necessarily mesh with somebody else's own thing. So we want to grow it. So what I've kind of seen over this past year, you know, that's, Freedom to do a lot of different things. And boy, have we seen some big, huge failures, right? Every night on television. So it kind of almost loosens up that environment to go, listen, whatever I'm going to do here is not going to make national news. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a try and let's see what happens. So I have been actually kind of backing out of the treatment room a little bit more so that I can kind of go down that road, explore. You know, I love training other estheticians. I love working with the doctor's offices and doing the educational piece and watching them get excited about creating like these other profit centers for themselves because they don't know either. So we're all kind of looking at the economics of what we're doing and how's that going to look. And I want to be more independent and not so dependent on, oh, you can't come in and get a facial. Oh, wow. Now what am I going to do? 
So I've kind of been thinking about that for a good amount of time. And last year, I just intuitively, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do large parties anymore. I mean, I used to have a staff of 15 people. They were all independent contractors. And I did that for years and years. And what I did find out over time was that I was exhausted. I didn't want to put out any more fires, you know, for each individual. And there were always fires to put out. And I'm like, I'm not loving that. I don't, I'm not loving getting up in the morning and like shaking with fear about, oh my God, what am I going to walk in today? You know, is the, is two, our two hairstylists not showing up and then it's going to make the rest of us look bad. I really kind of started moving past that and started eliminating actually areas of our spa. So there are no more hairstylists. There are no nail technicians because I don't want the chemicals. Yeah. You know, so I really had already started making those adjustments and just feeling so much better about it. And then deciding to not do these big, huge parties that cut down on the stress level as well. And then lo and behold, here we go into shutdown. So, I mean, it was kind of like this weird, intuitive, organic process that just kind of continues to grow in that direction. I think right now, launching into, because I've always loved bath and body products, you know, and have always looked for like those products that, yes, they're natural and they've got organic ingredients, something that if I wouldn't put it on my daughter, I'm not going to sell it to my clients. You're not going to find it on my shelves because, you know, that goes to the bloodstream. So that is definitely a new fun area for me to, to be kind of going into. And so we'll have some cool oh, box things for Christmas that are beautiful and elegant because we want comfort, you know? Yeah. The bathroom is a whole different level of experience (laughs) now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm taking more baths. I soak in the tub. Oh, and Epsom salts are, you know, fine, but like, wouldn't it be great if I had something lovely? (laughs) I mean, they should be pretty and it should smell good and it should Toxic. Yeah, right. not not mess up our bits. <laughs> yeah. The lady bits need lady to make certain pH balance. Yes. So we need to be really careful about what we put in the tub we're soaking in. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. this is real talk, people. <laughs> well, you said a couple of things that really struck me. One is this idea, and this is a great mindset piece for our listeners, this idea of allowing. So we often charge forward, and it's not a bad thing. When I work with clients, I teach them this concept of hustle and glide, which I borrowed from somebody else. But the idea is you go, you go hard when mm-hmm. there's a clear path to go hard yeah. and you glide either when the path isn't clear or when you start to get tired, because it's not, mm-hmm. it's not healthy for us to go all yeah. out all the time. And right. you, you didn't use the word allowing, but I'm going to use the word allowing that yeah. you're saying that you're intuitively sensing and feeling your way yeah. forward, obviously you've got your business sense and you've got a great, you know, handle on your skill set and the economy and all of that. But it's it's something else. It's like this knowing that's mm-hmm. really hard to explain. Yeah. Yep. But if you trust it, it's the thing that will guide you forward all the time. It's just a matter oh of determining whether you're trusting something or your ego yeah. is telling you to trust something that's not really in your best interest. So, right. But the allowing gives you room to like breathe and to mm-hmm. assess the lay of the land before yeah. moving forward. Have you always done things that way or did you start doing that because you learned from something? You know, I think it was, yeah, it was a process. It definitely was a process. I think I've always had been more intuitively directed. I don't know that it, I would have ever called it that. I think the best way if somebody doesn't really understand what that means, it's just that, you know, if somebody's saying something to you or presenting you as something and that automatic in your body, you're like, no, no, you know, your inside, it's just screaming, no. And you can't like intellectually put a label on why that is to me, that is that gift of intuition. And I think, I think most people have it we just have learned to dummy it down, squelch it, extinguish it, you know, get rid of it because it's not making intellectual sense. But then when you get down the road, it does. It kind of falls into place. So I can say that, you know, for me, the times that I have had the biggest failures, I mean, epic, like epic failures is going down a road that inside I was like, don't do that. Don't. No, 
mm, don't do that. And I still intellectually, I'm rationalizing, well, no, but the money's better and there's a clear path to this and look how it just fell into my lap. And, but inside I'm like, no, don't like, it feels bad. Don't do it. But on paper, everything else looks so good. And that would be ridiculous not to do it. And then I get down the road with it and I'm like, oh my God, why, 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 why <laughs> didn't I, you know, work with what I tuned into, even though I couldn't, it, I couldn't explain it to somebody else. It wouldn't make logical sense. And it's, almost kind of embarrassing to go, well, I feel, and therefore I'm not going to, you know, you feel like you've got to have something that's a little more hardcore, like a fact, you know, a little more factual information. And I, that I have found for me comes at the end (laughs) of that road where I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, there's my proof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very intuitive. When people ask me, like, how did I start my business? It's not recommended. I don't recommend that people do this. But I had people say to me, I don't know, two, three, four times, you should be a coach. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I had this corporate career and I have two master's degrees. And I just write right. with myself, like, really? No, 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 no. And then the fourth time I've heard it, I was like, well, let me hire a coach and see what that's like, you know? Uh-huh. And and then I, like, my, the coach that I worked with said, yeah, you should be a coach. Right. <laughs> I'll train you. And I was like, oh. okay. And I had one person who said, I'll pay you. And I said, well, let me like get an LLC and like cover myself and, you know, my right. assets. And what does and, that mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> so that's how I started my business. I had one person who said, I'll pay you. And it's like, you're, you're crazy. I don't even have that. that is so, that's so cool though. It is. And I don't always recommend it. You know, like people say, oh yeah, I wrote my business on my business plan on a bar napkin. But yeah. I think as also as entrepreneurs, if we overthink it, we might yeah. never jump in. And so there's never, like you were saying, is there ever a perfect time? I don't think so. I think the time that you feel yeah. that, like you can't stop yourself from doing it, that's the time to do it. I was almost going to say it's like having a baby. Yeah. You know, time I mean, to push. Yeah. If you just, if you're like, if you think about that before you get pregnant, you're like, oh God, you know, like, I'll never do it. And this is kind of, I mean, uh-uh. it just like, you know, you launch into that process. And there's, I do think that there's like a universal situation that, like, if you're open to that, it kind of starts walking you down a road. You know, you're not really sure and intellectually doesn't seem to make sense. And it's like, how did you get so far from, okay, well, you've got two master's degrees. I mean, but then we do still pull in that information from the foundation that we built on other things. So it's not like we did things for not, because I know that I still pull in like research skills, you know, oh my God, I, I use that all the time and, and study skills and those type of things that I access, even though I'm not really quite aware of it, it just is that go-to skill set. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that that's probably part of the reason that you've had the success that you've had, even though you started in a recession and even though you're now weathering another recession and, yeah, and you know, wackadoo right. <laughs> shut down and all the, all the stuff we're learning to adjust. If, we, if we're nothing, if we're not resilient after the year that 2020 has been, it is I true. Mean, Raising my kids as they were, when they were really young, I would continually say to them, hey, be the willow tree, you know, be the willow tree because you need to sway and move with it. Don't be the mighty oak because come that big storm, if it's not strong enough, it's going to break. I mean, so having strength to be able to renegotiate your position and your situation and to allow or other things to come in that maybe you hadn't considered that could actually be better. So it's kind of a, I think having that, I guess, just that intuition or that, that faith of knowing, okay, it's going to be all right. I mean, even when it definitely doesn't feel all right, just kind of coaching yourself into, I know this last year, there's been a lot of self-talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, walking we'll around 
<laughs> It'll be okay. We're all going to survive this. I mean, we. this is the other thing I think that happens. And it's really important, regardless of a crisis, right? Even outside of a crisis, if we can slow down, you alluded to this earlier oh. too, slow down in yeah. order to speed up. Because right. we, you know, we will miss details if we're barreling yeah. through and we're not ready yet. If yeah. we're lacking clarity, if we're not really sure... Yeah. what the destination is. The destination, we're entrepreneurs. We're constantly changing the goalposts. Yeah. But, but you know, that can change a little bit, but you still need to right. be moving in that direction. If you yeah. don't know what that is that you're aiming for, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. You're going to, you know, you're going to have a very expensive hobby, you know? True. Um, That's true. What has been one of your biggest challenges and have you overcome it? Yeah. And if so, how? Oh my gosh. Well, one... It's like, I know which one. <laughs> I know. The biggest one. I think, okay, so maybe there's two, but one of the biggest challenges I think that drives, I think, most entrepreneurs, especially me, is that, you know, that seeking perfectionism. You know, it's like that. I mean, it's so hard for me to sometimes let things, it has to be good enough because you can't perfect nothing. So, analysis to paralysis, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I think that's a really big, huge issue is to understand that until you have that thing, whatever that, whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating as an entrepreneur, until you have hands on it, or, you know, you're actually delving into it and it's no longer just an idea, you can't perfect it. So to let yourself have that time period of, it's not going to be perfect at the very beginning. And that is okay. As long as you know that you're going to stay on top of it and keep perfecting each step as much as you possibly can and let it grow. Yeah. But if you plant those seeds, you can't water them and you can't grow anything. Yeah. So I think for me, that was one of my bigger challenges is just to understand that there is no perfect time and don't let my head take me from analysis to paralysis because that's a rabbit hole that for me, it's not good to go down. I think that was like one of my bigger things to conquer. Um, and I think the other one would be like boundaries, mm. you know, putting those boundaries in with like clients or, you know, even friends and family. And it's not, Usually it relates back to time, mm-hmm. you know, like what, how, what are you doing with that time? Do I really have time to go do that thing? And am I sitting there seething about it because I said yes, and I shouldn't have because I've, uh, you know, and for me, it definitely is those boundaries, you yeah. know, knowing to say, Hey, I'm out of balance right now. I know you want me to do A, B, C, and D, and I just can't. Yeah. And that saying those words that, Hearing me say that out loud, it still kind of freaks me out. Um, <laughs> it's like heart palpitations. Like, oh no, the perfectionist is inside dying just a little. <laughs> I just can't. No, yeah. that's not in our vocabulary. But yeah, if, for me, if I want to maintain health and sanity, which I didn't do for the bigger part of time that I've been working and being an entrepreneur, that's important for me now. You know, I'm not going to compromise on that. Yeah. You know, Brene Brown talks about boundaries a lot. And I saw an interview with her and it stuck with me because it was kind of jarring what she said. She said, you know, I used to be much more of a people pleaser and I would say yes. And I would try to do that. And she's like, but I would be so resentful. So I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd say yeah. yes. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to stab you in your sleep. Yeah. I'm so yeah. Angry. Yeah. And she said, you know, I'm much, now that I'm more boundaried, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happier, but I'm also yeah. more compassionate. And I, and I think it comes back to, I think this is challenging for probably, I would say probably all entrepreneurs. I know that it's very much of like a female characteristic of having a hard time putting ourselves first. Yeah. We're not, we're not conditioned. We're not socialized that way. No. But I don't require a lot to recharge my batteries. I don't need yeah. to, I mean, it would be great to go off to a silent retreat. I'm not sure if I would like a silent retreat. <laughs> no talking. I, I can do you know, that. I don't need to run off to an ashram or do a yoga retreat or go, you know, for a five-day spa yeah. bender or whatever. I really just need 10 minutes or so or, you know, 45 minutes to myself without having to give. And then 
once I've taken that time for myself, I have so much more to give. I think we need to, we need to recharge our batteries. We need to fill up our own tanks Mm -hmm. and then we have more to give. It makes us better givers and more honest givers. You know, I think those honest Mm -hmm. yeses and those honest no's are really, they're, they're hard fought. I mean, I feel like I was in my forties before I figured that out. Well, I was in my fifties. I mean, I honestly, you know, working a spa and again, had having taken on so much debt and constantly just worried about, oh my God, am I going to be able to pay that mortgage payment? I mean, am I, how am I going to do this? There were years that I missed out on soccer games and things that my daughter did that she constantly reminds me of because she's 21. <laughs> so, yeah, let's hope this is a phase. <laughs> does know is that she doesn't want to do it like I did. And I understand that now, but at that time I really didn't. And I just would be coming home after a 12 and 14 hour day of management and working in the treatment room and product development and all those things that go into being able to cover your overhead. And I would just be in tears. Like I, and I couldn't tell you why necessarily until, well, a couple of holidays back, it was, they were 14 hour days, like all the month of December mm-hmm. and these big, huge parties. And I'm so exhausted. And I hadn't seen my daughter in probably it, I, at least a week, you know, cause she was doing her thing and old enough to drive and, and doing that. And I got out of work intentionally. I made myself leave, even though there were still things left to do, there always are going to be things left to do. So I could specifically get home to have dinner with her and hang out before she took off to where she was going to be that night. And I got home and her car was gone. (laughs) And I walked in the house and I thought, you know, I was hoping, oh, maybe her dad took it, you know, to wash or whatever. I walked in the house and there was my husband. I said, hey, you know, where's Phoebe, our daughter? And he's like, oh, you just missed her. Oh, oh my God. I walked into my bedroom. I sat on the floor and I sobbed oh. and I sobbed and I sobbed and I got up the next morning and I kept going. And I think that I just, I did that for so long. It was just that conditioned response to responsibility. And I've got people that need paychecks. And if I don't keep this going, you know, what's that look like? And now, I mean, I feel like a much more balanced spot even though she's off to college, but there's, you know, there's always time ahead. You learn from that and what your priorities are and where your boundaries are. And hopefully we teach our kids that. Um, I think like you had mentioned girls, you know, how are we conditioned? You know, we, we want to please. And, you know, here we are, you know, in these helping industries, so even more of that coming from us from an organic standpoint. Yeah. It's funny. I use the word balance as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in balance. Right. I use the word harmony and yeah. I do that very intentionally because there's no such thing as balance. We're not, no. if, unless we are spending, you know, exactly half of our time at work and mm-hmm. exactly half of our time with our family, we're, right. uh, we're going to constantly be out of balance. Yeah. And I feel like, it's selling us. I don't even know what the, what kind of analogy I'm trying. It's a fairy tale. It's It's a fairy tale. Yeah. This Cinderella and the the guy's going to come and rescue you. There's no dude coming to rescue you. And if he is, you probably don't want him run. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but it's that fairy tale. There's no, no, that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I agree. It's about creating harmony. And what does that mean for each person? That's different, but like I I have a client who's just starting a business and she is extremely clear that her number one priority is her family. Oh, part of that priority is she's currently employed. So building up her business enough to replace the benefits that she receives at her, at at her job. And so I said, the biggest challenge is going to be when you get really excited and you want to go forward and you're staying up at night. And there might be times when you have to do that, right? But if that becomes your habit and you're not fully present for your kids, you're going to be out of integrity. And when you're out of integrity, you're yes. out of harmony. Yes. Sometimes in the business world, that gets big poo-poo, right? People, yeah. people kind yeah. of go, 
oh, well, that's, that's, you know, very airy fairy of you. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I'm, I live a spiritual existence, so I'm willing to sort of own that. But the, the reality is if you do not have your feet on the ground, right. Everything is going to go off kilter. And so we have to figure yeah. out how to create that, you know, some people say balance, but it's really about harmony to me. It's like, you know, think even thinking about music, right. If you can yeah. play two notes, you want those two right. notes to sound good together. I, right. I think of it kind of that way. So. I think that's a perfect way to put it because balance does kind of give you this preconceived idea that there's this, it's like a teeter-totter, you know, you want to balance it. You don't go too far down, too far up, you know, you want to find some balance in there at some point. And it doesn't like life is going to throw you a curveball that is going to wreck that whole concept. But if you can do like what you're saying, Find that harmony within yourself and what can you live with and without. That doesn't mean that would work for somebody else. But I love that you said integrity because you have to know what your... You've got to know where your your lines are. You know Where are you going to draw those lines in the sand that you're just like, no way, I'm not crossing it. And neither are you. You're not crossing my line and I'm not crossing my line. Yeah. And sometimes you get there in a very difficult way. But once you arrive, it's like, I'm not going to compromise that again. Yeah. And I think that's coming back to the slowing down and being very super present. I think if there's a lot of things that this pandemic has taught us, but one of the big things for me is like, today's what we've got. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Any other time I wouldn't have known what was going to happen tomorrow, but I was, you know, planning for it anyway. (laughs) I'm trying to control it. (laughs) It was working out real well, but like, how do we get in touch with ourselves and recognize when we're not in balance or when we're out of harmony with ourselves or out of integrity? How do, how do we do that? You know, we have, I have a grounding practice. I also feel really fortunate that, you know, my wonderful husband can like give me a look and, and it's the look that tells me he sees something on my face (sighs) And I know it's amazing. And I'll come back and go, why are you looking at me like that? You're kind of creeping me out. And he's like, I don't know. Are you, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? Do you need, do you want some coffee? Do you want some tea? I'm like, why? why? <laughs> and I realize, yeah, vodka. Yeah. At 8am. That's a good time to start with vodka and whatever it takes, man, but maybe herbal tea, you know, but it's true. You know, it's good to have something in place. How do you keep yourself from going off the edge now? Is it just, you know, where that edge is or... You know, I would say now, well, because it is such a different time. I mean, this is the the one gift that I would say has been given to all of us, if we can just see something positive out this last year, is the gift of having a little more time Mm. to sort things out. And I mean, honestly, I think back to, you know, when Idaho was shut down from, you know, us being in the middle of this pandemic which we're still in the middle of. But when Idaho got shut down, okay, this is my dirty, I'm going to like give you my dirty secret. <laughs> Do I'm tell. Open Does it involve vodka? <laughs> yeah. Well, it probably should have. Or <laughs> of the dirty laundry room closet. Of <laughs> At least mine. Anyways, I was kind of super jazzed when we got shut down. <laughs> you needed a break? Retired? Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, you're not in a good place when you're driving by the mental hospital and you're like, oh my God, they're just there and they don't have to do anything. Like people are taking care of them. And I was telling that to a friend one time. They're like, dude, that is a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) But but we can't travel right now. (laughs) So I mean, that's kind of my little dirty secret. It was that time that, you know, because my daughter had to come home from college and my son was home from uh, college also. And he's hopefully finishing up here next semester. But nevertheless, they were home. (laughs) And we got this little cool opportunity, this little window of time to just be together Mm -hmm. in a way that we hadn't, I don't even know when, you know, because I started a solo practice Geez, I think my daughter was, oh, nine, 10 years old, 10, probably 10, thereabouts. And that's what she remembers of me doing, you know, being on the run. So having that little bit of time, that carved out time, because I had said so many times over the years, oh my God, if I just, everything could just slow down. If the world could just slow down for five minutes, 
so I could get this thing done. I wanted the world to slow down so I could slow down. Well, you know, be careful what you ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then when I did get on, like, oh, geez, okay. I'm kind of weirdly okay with this. I mean, I still felt productive because I would meet some of the other girls at the at the spa. Not at 8 a.m. though, you know, like maybe <laughs> 12 or whatever and would work on a new website. And so we were still being productive, but I really was kind of beginning to see what balance or harmony, like harmony would look like and that I had not had that. And now I'm not willing to ever not have that again. Mm. And I don't know that I've ever in the past, like 17 years spent so much time just running outside and breathing fresh air and just like getting like 10 minutes of sun and just kind of regrounding myself, you know, and everything gets crazy. Like nine, when nine 11 happened, which you were like, how old were you? You were tiny. You were little. I was, yeah, I was really little. I was like 27, (laughs) 26. You were like a, you were a baby. I was. I, you I, were still a baby. I, and that was not even started covering gray hairs yet. <laughs> right? That was a freaky, bizarre time where I was, was in DC. Episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Freaky, scary. And oh my God, what does this mean? And what's next? And, you know, after gorging on so much news and making myself sick, you know, keeping the the news on all night so I could wake up at weird hours and just check and see if everybody was still here. Mm -hmm. Um, I finally one day just shut it all off and went outside and I just had to plant something. You know, I just wanted to plant something and not hear all of that stuff because I just couldn't hear anything else. And I need to see something grow and touch something alive and feel like by planning it, I'm going to walk out there tomorrow and I'm going to still see it and I'm going to water it. You know, I mean, it gave me a sense of grounding and I still kind of do that. I mean, my yard is looking like a forest (laughs) in the desert. Nice. I mean, right. And then when it started getting cold here, oh, by the way, we just got our first snow today. Um, when it started getting cold here, I was telling Michael, who's still here getting ready to go back to Boise. And I said, oh my God, we're going to have to start moving it inside. You know, we've got to go to the nursery and start getting plants for the inside because I'm going to have to do the same thing. This year's not over and I still have to touch something living and seeing it grow and all of that gives me a whole different sense of where I am. Mm -hmm. Just kind of coming back to that center. And to know yourself. I think that's something that we pay lip service to, but to recognize what your needs are and to take care of them. When the shutdown happened, I had all of Q1 and Q2 booked out for lots oh. of live events, no. lots of live workshops with 20, 30, 40, 50 people right. in the room. Of course, those had to stop. It was like 80% of my projected revenues for the year, wow. about the same amount of work mm-hmm. and, and plus client creation. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get scared. I got curious. Mm-hmm. And it almost freaked me out to be that calm, but it was like right. this, this universal <laughs> shift that the whole mm-hmm. world is sick. Yep. And if you're not sick yet, each country is moving that way. And, right. you know, and I was like, I can't sit inside and look at my Twitter feed anymore. Right. And I'm definitely not going on Facebook. So I went out right. to the garden and we're on two acres here and yep. we have, you know, some of it is grass and some of it's wild. We have uh-huh. a, a pretty good sized vegetable patch. I took over more land and dug uh-huh. in the dirt and planted a bunch of stuff. I just stuck yeah. a whole bunch of seeds in the ground to see what would happen. Yeah. We had a pretty good, it was a weird year, but we had a pretty good, pretty good harvest. Uh-huh. During that time, yeah. I was able to figure out what I was going to do next. And right. the first thing I dedicated myself to was getting out to the garden every day, even if just to look for seedlings, <laughs> right. just walk outside for five minutes. Yeah. To ground myself and, you know, to be, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. We love being outside. It's just, it's, you know, the ocean, the sea air, all of it, all that fresh air and all the trees. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's so healthy for us to, to take that time. And, you know, we can exercise, we do all these great things. We can check all those boxes, but what about, I'll ask my clients, when was the last time you sat like with your butt on the ground and your back against a tree and you did nothing? 
Right. And I'm like, maybe it was like seven, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's time to start working that back into your daily plan. Yes. You know, if you don't I, like dirt, that, don't sit in the dirt, but soul. be outside, do nothing. You know, that soul connection <sighs> I planted. And I don't know why I keep planting these trees, but I do, but we probably have, I think three or four curly willows. Oh, I love you know, that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I love them. I love them so much. I'm not sure. I, it's the willow tree thing, right? It's like sway with a willow. Bent but not broken. Yeah. Yeah. Then comes up. And then when those when those limbs do come down, I mean, I'll take those little twigs and I'll make them into like little willow balls or whatever. I mean, there's just this constant repurposing of all of that. But sitting underneath those trees for me, feels so magical and so grounded. And then I'm okay. It's like a, a soul salve. You used that the other day, soul salve. It's like that for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, just making that connection with whatever brings you, I would say peace, yeah. you know, like peace. I don't know if I don't, are very many people in touch with that? I haven't been until like now when you know, we run, run, run so hard. And then all of a sudden something grabs you by the back of your shirt. And it's like, okay, you can stop running now because yeah. you don't have a choice. And I think that's kind of what happened with all of this stuff. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that I hope that people are paying attention and getting mm-hmm. more in back, you know, out of their heads and into their hearts and right. spending more time paying attention to their thoughts and to their feelings Mm -hmm. that come after the thoughts and like the sensations that are around them. We may not have psychic abilities, but we all have intuitive sense. And a lot of it is from observing. So if we can slow down and observe and take our time, like we have a, we have a thing in our house. So we have a recently repainted kitchen cabinets. So our new motto is slow TF down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think it's a great life metaphor. Right? <laughs> like it, it's it, yes, just slow TF down. And, and of course my teenagers appreciate that. Well, I mean, this has been such a, a rich conversation. I feel like we could go on for hours. We, no, we, we probably don't. need to check back in a bit, yeah. you know, and, and do another episode. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you. This is a question that I'm going to ask everybody. Do you have your three best pieces of advice for entrepreneurs who at any stage of entrepreneurship, but maybe particular focus of like kind of in the beginning and then when things get rolling. Mm. I would say in the beginning, well, this is going to go all the way through though. Trust your gut. Mm -hmm. I mean, really trust your gut. And I would say number two if you've got this great idea for a great product or you're going to do this great thing and then you start looking around and, oh my God, somebody else has done it. You know, now you're all sad and it's like, oh, I can't do that too. Just remember there's more than one chocolate chip cookie. So perfect (laughs) yours, right? Perfect yours. And I would say the third thing is don't be afraid. I mean, well, you're, you're always going to have a good amount of fear just because we're geared like that. But don't let that prohibit you from doing what you feel you need to do in that situation. And typically the intellectual part will follow, but trust your gut. Yeah. I mean, trust your gut and go for it. Go for it. And remember the chocolate chip cookies. I mean, that's, it's so true. Like I have to remind myself sometimes that there might be people doing what I do this podcast is a great example. Like it yeah. doesn't everybody have a podcast now and shouldn't we all be doing video everybody instead? And, I uh, yeah, I, but nobody delivers my content the way I do. Right. You know, we're all going to have a different perspective yeah. and our message and our perspective will resonate with some people and not with others. And that's okay. The right. more that we can put out there and positive energy and sharing our gifts and sharing our experience, mm-hmm. the more of a difference we can make in the ripple it's, you know, it's infinite possibilities of how right. far it can reach. Yeah. yeah. And you know how you're going to change somebody's life in such a, an amazing and positive way, unless you really take that leap of faith, you know, because that's what your gut's telling you to do and just keep it moving forward. Cause you can perfect it as you're going through the process, yeah. but there's lots of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and some are better than others. So it's all good. Some are way- <laughs> Some are better. 
even be out there. (laughs) Well, and that's why we're going to make the best ones. So Tanya, how can we support you? Like, where can we find you and how can we get the word out for all the good work you're doing? I think, you know, the best way to support me, I'm jumping back into social media. So you'll have all my social media contact stuff because I haven't quite jumped back. (laughs) Well, we'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. And so people can, can click that way. Yeah. And visit us, visit me on social media because I had to stop doing that. I just couldn't see all the, you know, that was not in my heart and soul anymore. And now I just feel like everything's kind of like this really amazing reset, new beginning. And so I'm going to start popping back on there here in the next month or two as we kind of get that set up and we're moving forward. Um, So that would be great. And just having those, you know, like you like something, say something and having a little more of those authentic connections because I don't really care about the superficial stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Tanya, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining today. I'm going to come out and do it. Like I'm seeing all that beautiful greenery behind you. Oh yeah. It's really lovely here. Yeah. Come anytime. All right. We'll wear a mask for the first couple minutes and we'll be fine. (laughs) Well, you take very good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.